on second and three, gives it to Dalvin, shakes a tackle at the six, another at the five, he's out to the left, touchdown! What a great run by Dalvin Cook! What is up? Welcome to Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings. I am your host, Gabe Henderson, alongside Vikings.com audio producer and my co-host, Mr. Chris Corso. Today, we get you guys up to speed with everything you need to know from inside the TCO Performance Center from our vantage point. Week five is here. The Vikings looking for their second win in as many weeks, this time on Sunday night football against the undefeated Seattle Seahawks. The only NFC team Mike Zimmer is winless against as the head coach for the team in purple. So kickoff is set for 7.20 p.m. right here on the Vikings Radio Network, KFAN 100.3. Voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen will be calling that game alongside Pete Bursich, Ben Lieber, and the one and only Greg Coleman. All right, so today is going to be a loaded show. We hear from some of the best podium sounds of the week. Also, Hobie Arteague from Fox 9 and Vikings Game Day Live joins the show. And lastly, we look ahead to Sunday's matchup with Vikings team reporter Eric Smith and the reporters wrap up. But before we get to the nitty and gritty, we start the show the way we always do with the best thing we saw this week. Corso. Gabe, I've been starting this show last week with under center with Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, the guest. This week, I'm going under center with, with Kirk Cousins again. It was unique in Gakwe, who has been an interesting player for the Vikings defense so far this season. He has four sacks, which is tied for third in the NFL heading into week five. And man, he said in this interview, we were very good on Sunday against the Houston Texans. We want to be great on Sunday night. You know, I played against the Seahawks in 2017, and uh, that quarterback, you know, he's he's similar, I would say, as far as being frantic and moving in the pocket like uh, Deshaun Watson. So as a pass rusher, as a defensive lineman, uh, you have to just continue to uh, rush and, and, and uh, scratch, scratch your way to him. And don't think that the ball is strong because that's the easiest way for them to have explosive plays. So basically just continue to keep working and give an effort and you can get back there to him. He's a guy that likes to extend plays and quarterbacks that like to extend plays often give themselves up for uh, sacks and strip sacks. Really interesting bite from Unique Ngakwe, who we know has a knack for knocking the football out of the quarterback's hands. And one other thing I took from him, I mean, he's only been in Minneapolis for like three weeks. He said his main objective was getting his dog all set up with a dog walker while he was at the TCO Performance Center and playing on Sunday night football. But he said, I would expect this Vikings pass rush to pick up real, real soon because he's finally getting adjusted to the defense, Gabe. And he has a great opportunity this Sunday against Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is the most sacked quarterback since entering the league in 2012. So it'll be a, a unique experience from him. No pun intended. Four unique sacks already for this unique. year. Unique. <laughs> Four sacks already this year, and that's tied for third in the NFL. But moving to the offensive side of the ball, the best thing I saw this week was Dalvin Cook's comments on the one and only Hall of Famer Barry Sanders. This is what he had to say about the GOAT. I got some Barry Sanders highlights on my iPad, and it's like the old pit draw. Barry just stand out of hand to him, and he just shakes the whole team and run, just go score. And that was pretty much every play he did that. I watch it not because it's Barry Sanders. I watch it because how he sets his runs up, how he developed things in his mind. And I kind of see it from a, a clear-eyed view. And every time I watch you know, his players, I see something different from him and, and how he do things. And 
you know, I just want to be as explosive as he was. And I know that's not possible, but I'm going to try to match it as, as, as best as I can. Man, if he can match what Barry Sanders is doing, already being the leading NFL rusher in the NFL right now, uh, I, I think Vikings fans will be really excited. <laughs> Barry Sanders, he, I mean, he led the league in rushing for four seasons. And Dalvin Cook is on pace to do so this year. But I might how be speaking to How humble is he, Gabe? Like, how, I, that's the NFL's leading rusher talking about Barry Sanders like a total fanboy saying he'll <laughs> never be as good as him. I mean, Dalvin is just unbelievable leading the league in yards per carry as well. I mean, that that's an awesome bite that you picked this week, Gabe. I, I think when I when I first got hired here, one of the first articles I read was Lindsey Young's article on Vikings.com. It said, Dalvin Cooks meets idol Barry Sanders makes multiple escapes. Of course, that was Dalvin Cook's big game against the Detroit Lions at Detroit last year. But Dalvin Cook, man, he, I feel like we hear about him every week. Like He does something special every single week, and I'm excited to see what he can do against the Seattle Seahawks defense. But speaking of the Seahawks-Vikings matchup on Sunday Night Football, Mike Zimmer addressed the media today in which he gave his final thoughts on the state of the Vikings heading into Washington. Okay, we're excited to get on the road and play a really good uh, Seattle team. Uh, you know, they've got... Uh, uh, haven't given up a 100-yard rusher. You know, Jerron Reed's a good player, K.J. Wright, uh, Bobby Wagner. You know, they got a lot of good players, big physical corners. So, um, yeah, and good, and good safeties. You know, uh, Diggs is a good player. We've been playing better each week. Um, you know, hopefully we go out there and play great on, on Sunday night. But, uh, you know, the, the more, you know, we've got some catching up to do. So we, we got to start putting some wins together. Of course, it's an undefeated Seattle Seahawks team this week, and the, the approach doesn't change, even though the Seahawks are missing a lot of their players this week. You do uh, the injury report every week. You post it on Vikings.com, and I know you have an interesting take. Talking off camera, you have an interesting take on this Seattle Seahawks injury report. Dude, I've been putting this injury report on Vikings.com since the year 2015, and I have literally never seen this many players on an many? opposing team's injury report 26 total oh players. I mean, that's like half of the <laughs> roster. I don't know if this is just like a Pete Carroll thing. Um, obviously, we've played them a ton in the past couple of years, so I wouldn't notice that. Um, but it's unbelievable that there's 26 players on this injury report. Star safety Jamal Adams has already been ruled out. Um, another interesting note, 13 of these players on this injury report were either full participants in practice or taken off the injury report. So um, they are. there is a large number of players on there. It could be a little deceiving, but <laughs> there's still 13 other players that were wow. limited participants or have some sort of designation. So uh, we might be catching these Seattle Seahawks <laughs> just at the right time, Gabe. Yeah, just at the right time because we only have one player out in our injury report, and that's K.J. Osborne. So maybe expect a guy like Alexander Hollins or Chad Beebe to get some returns this week. But uh, one interesting guy that, that popped up on the injury report this week is Eric Kendricks. We know he practiced today, but he didn't practice the past two days. So that was interesting right there to see. Yeah, quite the comeback for linebacker Eric Kendricks. Normally when you don't practice the first two days of the week, like Kendricks didn't um, because of a foot injury, you don't see that player in the game. But he made quite the comeback being back at practice on Friday. Also, Adam Thielen was listed out of practice yep. 
earlier in the week with a shoulder injury. He's back and mm-hmm. off the injury report. And then the other good news for the Vikings, Mike Hughes. Mike Hughes. starting corner from week one with that neck injury, finally returns to the lineup for the first time since that game. So um, he is off the injury report, a full participant in practice and, this week. And you got to expect with Mike Hughes being back, they'll probably just – usher him in back into the game. He probably won't start. I would expect Jeff Gladney and Cameron Dantzler to be the two starting corners similar to last week, especially with Houghton Hill and Chris Boyd questionable on this injury report. So it'll be interesting to see, but I'm excited for guy th- those rookies. They've been stepping up when their number has been called, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen. But we got to pay some bills before we continue this. So first... Pilot Games has teamed up with the Minnesota Vikings to create the all-new Vikings Victory electronic pull-tab game. Pilot Games is the largest charitable giving provider in the state, and when you play Vikings Victory, your community wins. Play Vikings Victory today anywhere Pilot's electronic pull-tabs are offered. We'll have more with our guest of the week, Hobie Arteague, but first, hey Vikings fans, this football season, make Pepsi your go-to game day drink because it's the only drink for football watching. Pepsi, that's what I like. After every Vikings game this season, make sure to log on to the team's digital and social platforms to watch Vikings Post Game Live, a new streaming post game show providing fans with highlights, post game sound from head coach Mike Zimmer and players, analysis, and much more. Fans can watch live or on demand via Vikings.com, the Vikings mobile app, Vikings Now, the team's connected TV app, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. For more, visit Vikings.com slash post game show. What is up? Welcome back to Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Gabe Henderson here alongside Chris Corso. We bring in our special guest today from the boots of Louisiana wearing a boot on his right foot from Fox 9 and Vikings Game Day Live, Hobie Arteague. How are you, man? And how is the boot? Uh, the boot is fine. The boot is fine. I only have two weeks left in the boot, and then I'm, I'm I'm ready to go. But you know what? I'm ready to see some football once again this weekend. I think a lot of people are, especially after that, that win against the Texans last weekend for the Vikings. For sure. And getting that win w- was huge, right? But interesting stat. Mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer has won a game over every single NFC team except for one. That one has to be Seattle, the team we play against this week. W- why is Seattle our Achilles heel? Uh, I think if you look back – Seattle's just had some great teams. And and think about the timing of the season, especially over the last two years. Those were late December games. And we all know, Gabe and Chris, that whenever you get to late in the season, the importance of the game is just that much more. And Seattle's always been in that playoff picture, fighting in the NFC West, especially against teams like the Rams a few years ago and also the 49ers. They were always jockeying for position in that division. So I think you pair that with just they have a great team with a great quarterback with a lot of weapons starting to emerge. My big thing going into this game, though, what will the absence of the 12s be like? Because Dalvin Cook just said yesterday that that can be a stadium that really disrupts your rhythm. Now they won't have that. We'll see how it works out for the Vikings heading into Sunday night's game. There are no fans in this game. There is also a very long injury report for the Seattle Seahawks, but one guy who we know will be there is the mobile quarterback, Russell Wilson, who is having 
a uh-huh. video game like season so far when you look at his statistics. So there is no Anthony Barr for the Vikings heading into this game like years past where he plays that sort of uh, QB spy role for the Vikings defense. So how uh-huh. do you see the Vikings defense attacking the best quarterback of all time through five games? Uh, I think maybe you ask the previous opponents of the Seahawks. I mean, maybe that's square one where you go. But I think they really need a build on what they did against the Texans because the Vikings, that defensive line, I mean, especially Yannick Ngakwe with the way he was playing, had two of the team's three sacks. But also you look at Deshaun Watson. That was a guy who really knew going into that game and throughout his career to this point, really knew how to maneuver a pocket. And the Vikings, until maybe some of those final series in that game against Houston, they really, they really had his number. The thing is, it's going to be on the back end of that defense, maybe for some coverage sacks like we saw against the Texans. I think that it's going to take an entire defensive effort to to figure out Russell Wilson, especially when you look at the last few seasons. It's the ground game that really tore up the Vikings in those previous two meetings. Now Russell Wilson really hurting people with his arms. So I think it's going to take a collaborative effort to wrangle up Russell Wilson. Fox 9's Hobie Artigas here and Hobie. You talk about Chris Carson in that run game against the Vikings. 55 carries, 192 yards, two touchdowns in his previous two matchups against the Vikings. But flipping to the offensive side of the ball, we know the Seattle Seahawks' pass defense is the worst in the NFL, 32nd. So Gary Kubiak, who likes to have a balanced offense, how do you keep that goal in mind knowing that you can throw the ball on this team? I think you stick to what's gotten you to this point because – Last week, Houston, they had the worst rush defense in the NFL going into that game. But yet, you still see Justin Jefferson making highlight grabs. You see Adam Thielen making highlight grabs. I think you stick with what's working at this point, and that's finding that true balance with Dalvin Cook in the run game, but also with the passing game opening up with a true dynamic duo now. Do what's gotten you to this point. Just because the stats say one thing, don't try to fit a square peg into a round hole. Feed Dalvin Cook the football. Let him run against Seattle. Let him see what he can do, especially after missing some some time late in that game against the Seahawks the last go-around. I think you have to find a way to find balance to, to just do what you've been doing all this time, which is why you're having success on offense at this point. The guy who has provided that balance the past two weeks is your guy, Justin Jefferson. Two weeks in a row with 100 I yards. Yes. I We spoke on uh, one of our other podcasts. I talked to you, Hobie, right after the draft, and I wanted yep. your opinion on LSU's own Justin Jefferson. You being an LSU fan, I was like, you are the perfect person to talk to. So uh, did you expect that he would have this kind of impact so soon in his NFL career? All right, Chris, I was thinking about this, and you know what? Whenever we had that interview, uh, I I was kind of wrong about Justin Jefferson because I was telling people he's not really great at a lot of things. He's good at a lot of things. He may not be great in one particular area. I was wrong because the guy is great just across the board whenever you watch him play. Whenever he got into that game against the Titans playing that X position, you really got to see him emerge, and 175 yards really speaks for itself, but you got to see his route running his short game ability. And then against Houston, you saw his deep game start to evolve. I think he's really a a true compliment to Adam Thielen because both do things really, really well. You can line them up all over the place. And the crazy thing is so many questions had, so many people had questions about Justin Jefferson. Well, he's played slot at LSU in 2019 on the team's championship run. Well, can you work outside? And I hate to say it, but he kind of told us also that he can play outside. He said at Destrahan High School outside of Louisiana or outside of New Orleans that he primarily played outside. 
Well, now he's showing us that he can play outside and inside at the professional level. And maybe we should have just, I don't know, taken his word for it in the beginning of the season. Speaking of LSU, though, there's no Jamal Adams, who's an LSU alum. And maybe that opens up some opportunities for Justin Jefferson down the field, maybe even Irv Smith Jr. I, I think that's a big question. And you bring up Irv Smith Jr. And I think that's a guy people had high hopes for Justin Jefferson, but especially with the lacking depth in the wide receiver room going into this season, I think a lot of people had high hopes for Irv Smith Jr. But now you look at the stat sheet, he has more penalties than catches right now. And that's just incredible to think about. But also without Jamal Adams, maybe this is the game where the tight ends start to emerge because as the season goes along, yes, you have two great wide receivers in Thielen and Jefferson, but what if they start to bracket one of those guys? What if they start to each draw more attention? You're going to need somebody in the middle of the field, and especially with the Seahawks defense, they might have not have the names that you know by heart, like maybe from a few years past, but they're still a Pete Carroll coach defense that's going to show up on Sunday night. So maybe this is the game where not maybe not only Irv Smith Jr. gets involved, maybe we see even more of Kyle Rudolph, maybe another one hit the touchdown grab. That would be cool to see, but maybe some more Tyler Conklin too. Maybe three tight ends on the field. Maybe we, uh, maybe we might see that wrinkle coming up, especially without Jamal Adams back there. Moving to the defensive side of the ball for the Vikings, there are a few big-name players on the injury report. Uh, mainly Eric Kendricks when you're mm-hmm. when you don't have Anthony Barr heading into this game. So I'm going to ask you just uh, like the Vikings defense has def- has really depended on a lot of young players this year. So mm-hmm. who needs to step up in this game as a young player, whether it's a cornerback or a linebacker? Who needs to step up for the Vikings defense? You said cornerback, and that is the way I'm going to go. I, I, Cam Dantzler, he's had some experience. A lot of the other younger guys like Holden Hill have. But you know what? The guy I'm looking forward to seeing is the other first-round pick that the Vikings have, and that's Jeff Gladney. We've seen Justin Jefferson emerge as that that big-time playmaker. I think, granted, defense takes a little more time to really acclimate to the NFL, but I think we've seen strides from Jeff Gladney. You look at that game against the Colts, and he looked out of place at times on that field. Fast forward to against the Titans and in that game against Houston, he really looked more and more like an NFL cornerback. And especially going into this game, whenever you have a physical receiver like DK Metcalf on the other side, you're going to need that physical presence, somebody who can meet him at the line and also keep up with him downfield. Gladney's going to have to be that guy, in my opinion, because I, I really don't know who else you're going to put on DK Metcalf in this game. And that all depends on the defensive front, right? You, you, the, defensive, mm-hmm. the defense has to get pressures. We know Russell Wilson is the most sacked quarterback in the league since 2012 with 358 uh, times being sacked. Like, that. that's mm-hmm. outlandish. But I, I know you're an LSU guy, and this is a heavy LSU offensive line. Ethan Posick is the starting center, so... Yannick Ngakwe being tied for third in the NFL with sacks right now. How can the Vikings continue this trend? So you bring up Yannick Ngakwe's numbers, and they're good. And, and I think that's what a lot of people expected from him whenever he arrived in Minnesota. But look elsewhere across the board. Everyone else on that defensive line, you look at the quarterback pressures, the quarterback hits against the Texans and Deshaun Watson. He had half of the team's pressures. He had two of the three sacks. And, and a lot of that, I, I would almost describe him as coverage sacks because – there was great coverage downfield. Watson has to evade. And Yannick Ngakwe just does not give up on the play. That's what I like about him. His motor just never stops until that whistle's blown. That's how they're going to have to play against Russell Wilson going into this game. But I love Yannick Ngakwe. I think a lot of Vikings fans love him. But you need other resources on that defensive line to show up. DJ Wonham, 
He got a sack, probably the easiest sack he'll ever see in his career against the Texans, but maybe he's a guy that can come in and spell and really bring maybe a burst of energy because I think that's what the defensive line might be missing right now because Ngakwe is showing up. What about everybody else? He can't do it alone. It's going to take a team effort to wrangle him up. All right, so we will end it on this. The Vikings will win if? Uh, I think it begins and ends with Russell Wilson and also the weapons that he has on the outside. You look back at the last two games against the Seahawks, they put up 200-plus rushing yards in each of those games. This one is going to be a whole different ball game, especially with the way Russell Wilson's playing and the way he's throwing the ball downfield. It's going to be about matching the speed of Lockett and also the size and strength of DK Metcalf too. I think that this is a passing game that could be one of the best we see in the NFL in the 2020 season. This is already a passing league and they're proving to be the best. And I think that the young corners are going to have to grow up very, very quickly yet again, heading into this game against Seattle, but it begins and ends with Russell Wilson from first down to third down. You got to stop him in between. Love it. Thank you, Hobie. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Join me, Paul Allen, along with former Vikings linebacker and current radio analyst Ben Lieber after every Vikings game as we host Between the Lines. Analyze the game, break it down from all angles, and discuss what it means for your favorite team moving forward. Watch each week via Vikings.com, the Vikings app, YouTube, and all of the team's other digital and social platforms. For information, visit Vikings.com slash Between the Lines. That was Fox 9's Hobie Arteague. We are moving along now. This is the Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi. Now joining the show, Vikings team reporter Eric Smith. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Gabe? How you doing? I'm good, man. Just getting ready for Sunday night football. Mike Zimmer, who is 6-2 in these games on Sunday night, has a unique task in front of him. Get a win on the road against an undefeated Seattle Seahawks team. Your thoughts on Sunday's matchup? It's going to be a tough matchup. It's going to be a tough test for the Vikings. They never seem to play well in Seattle. Not many teams do. There's a reason that Seattle, you know, especially under Russell Wilson, has been so good at home since he was drafted in in 2012. And even though the Seahawks will not have any fans this week in, in week five, it's still going to be a tough test just because of how good a team the Seahawks are. They're undefeated. Russell Wilson is probably the early season MVP at this point. You know, he's got playmakers all around him. The you know, Seattle defense isn't as as stout as they used to be in recent years, so we could see a shootout based on how good both offenses have played so far this year, but it's going to be a tough test, but hopefully it should be a pretty good game too. You talk about a shootout. Why? Yeah, I think just like look at the numbers and that's just kind of where I think the trend will will go and you know, scoring is up all across the NFL. I looked it up the other day. Teams are averaging, I think, at 25.7 points a game this season. That's the average for all the teams. That would set an NFL record by almost two points based on the last highest average, which which was, I think, back in, in 1948. So scoring is up all around, and the Seahawks and Vikings are definitely included in those mix. You know, the, the Seahawks are you know, on fire. And Russell Wilson is, is a big part of that. He leads the league in completion percentage and touchdown passes. He's only thrown two interceptions. He has the league's highest passer rating right now at 136.7. So he, he's really clicking on all cylinders, maybe even more than we've seen in recent years. And he's been an all pro. He's been a pro bowler in, in recent years too. But on the flip side, you know, the Vikings have really turned it on on offense, especially in the last two weeks 
kind of behind the three-headed monster of Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson. You know, all three of those guys went over 100 yards last week against Houston. So, you know, Kirk Cousins is playing well, and the offense is clicking. And with how good both offenses are, I think we could see a lot of points on Sunday night. The Seattle Seahawks are second in the NFL in points per game. That's due to Russell Wilson, who's been putting up video game numbers so far. You hit on it, 16 touchdowns, two interceptions. How do the Vikings slow that down? We, we heard this week with the players talking about keeping him in the pocket, but he's good in the pocket also. Yeah, and that's always a big talking point when the Vikings play Seattle. You know, Andre Patterson, he says it every year. You have to rush smartly against Russell Wilson because if you just – pin your ears back and go get him he'll find a way to evade that and he'll sneak out the backside and scramble for 30 40 yards we saw that a couple years ago he did that against the Vikings defense but you're right at the same time if he stays in the pocket he can chuck the ball deep to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and David Moore you know those weapons that he has and and he can make the big play and the Vikings also have struggled to stop the run so far this season so I, I think we could see a heavy dose of running back Chris Carson and if he can get going, that will only set up the play action and give Russell a chance to for some more deep passes. And that's kind of similar to what the Vikings want to do, right? The Vikings want to ride Dalvin Cook. You know, he had 29 touches last week against uh, Houston. You know, and that, that's a high number, but it's a productive number for him. And the Vikings, if they can get Cook going... Kirk can use play action to look for Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Kyle Rudolph. That's what makes the offense go. So Seattle's kind of the same way. You talk about Chris Carson. In the past two games against the Vikings in 2018 and 2019, he has 55 carries for 192 yards and two touchdowns. So while Russell Wilson will be the key point of emphasis, you can't leave a guy like him alone because Chris Carson, I mean, he's a he's a damn good running back. But, you know, the, the Seattle Seahawks, they're number one in rushing this season in the NFL as a team. Dalvin Cook is a leading rusher in the NFL, so you got two good running backs. So what are your thoughts on you know those two running backs and how it can stack up against the run defense for both teams? Yeah, it's going to be strength against strength, and that's Dalvin and his league-leading rushing yards against Seattle and their top-ranked run defense. I think that number is maybe skewed a little bit just because Seattle has – their offense has been so good that – They've had to lead a lot, and so teams have had to pass, and they haven't ran the ball a ton. That's probably why Seattle is, is last in the league against the pass, probably because teams have tried to just chuck it around and play catch-up a lot of times. But it's, it's a battle of strength on strength, like I said, and, and the Vikings aren't going to go away from the run game. That's, what, that's their bread and butter. Dalvin Cook is the focal point of the offense for a reason. You know, he's playing, he's playing like an early-season MVP right now, too, along with Russell Wilson. So... I expect the Vikings to run the ball quite a bit and establish the run. And even if it's not working, they're still going to go to it because of the hopes that they can break that long one. A lot of positives for both teams this offseason. The Vikings are starting to hit their stretch, but one consistency for both teams that stood out to me so far is red zone scoring. The Seattle Seahawks are first in red zone scoring this year. Uh, They score 86.67 times they're in the red zone. On the flip side, the Vikings' red zone defense, they're seventh in the NFL. They only allow teams to score 41% of the time. And Eric Kendricks, who spoke earlier this week, he was asked, what does it take for your defense to get those big stops after a, you know, a big play, you know, a long pass? And Eric Kendricks basically said, we, we just fight. But when you look at these two teams that Seattle's really good on offense, the Vikings are really good on defense in the red zone, how do you see that playing out? 
yeah, whoever wins that battle probably wins the game. You know, that's that's kind of a, a key point there. And speaking of red zone offense and more specifically goal to go offense, that's where the Vikings excelled so much against Houston. They were, you know, Houston didn't have a touchdown in the red zone and they were 0 for 3 on goal to go situations. And that's probably why the Vikings won the game. You know, for as much as the defense kind of had their ups and downs, they bowed up and, and, and stood tall in, in the red zone and inside the 10 yard line specifically and had three stops that only ended with six points you know if the, if the Texans score 21 points or even 17 points instead of six then it, it's a different game and yeah you know Russell Wilson is he's been money all over the field but he's especially been clutch in the red zone and he's been one of the league's best quarterbacks in that in that hot area but like you said the Vikings defense is under Mike Zimmer and they've been this way for a number of years now that's where they really thrive. They always seem to have a great red zone defense. So, like I said, whatever team wins that kind of mini battle, that game inside the game, probably has a good chance to win in prime time. Vikings team reporter Eric Smith. This is the Vikings Vantage. Eric, lastly, I get you out of here with this. Um, what, what? How can people follow your work? What can Vikings fans tune into on Vikings.com? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter, and that's Eric underscore L underscore Smith. A little bit of a weird handle, but I have a very common name, obviously. A lot of underscores. <laughs> and Eric Smith, yes. Um, yeah, you can you can follow my, my work on Twitter and also on Vikings.com. Um, you know, that's through written articles, podcasts, video segments. Uh, just trying to bring the best coverage I can to Vikings fans. You, Lindsey Young, and Craig Peters all do a great job for Vikings.com. So make sure you guys stay tuned for the most up-to-date coverage on the website, Vikings.com. Primetime football this Sunday. Vikings, Seahawks, Sunday Night Football on NBC. You can also listen to that game right here on KFAN 100.3 FM. The Vikings Radio Network pregame show will start at 5.20 p.m. with voice of the Vikings Paul Allen and Pete Bursage. All right, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. For Chris Corso, Eric Smith, and Hobie Artigue, I'm Gabe Henderson. This is the Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings.